0: I forgot about the strategy. I forgot to let the collaborator know about this, but the other two have actually gone viral, like millions of views, which is way more than both of us get. This is stay paid a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals
1: and retain more business.
2: Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Steke along with Luke Acree. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're not already. And while you're there, drop us a review. We'll read it here on the show. I also want to point out, we've had like three people in the past, what, week, Ariel?
1: Yeah, we've had several people let us know that they've left
0: reviews.
2: Yeah, and, and they're not, they not showing, showing up. up. So guys, guys I have to break t- it to you. That was probably their soft way of telling you <laughs> they didn't review your well, now, show. now, wait a minute. One of them was our content writer, yes. Gabrielle. Yes. So okay, I think we okay. can trust her. We can yes. trust Gabrielle. So yeah. if your reviews aren't getting thrown up a podcast, email us at podcast.reminderme.com. We will read them here on the show. Our guest today, we are super excited to have him on. His name is Brock Johnson. He's a 25-year-old seven-figure entrepreneur with a passion for helping others others grow their following and business on Instagram. As co-host of a top 10 business podcast, instructor of multiple online courses and viral social media creator, Brock has helped thousands of entrepreneurs learn to build their business on social media, even with limited time and money. Brock, welcome to Stay Paid. Josh, Luke, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Brock, man, we're excited to have you and you're going to help
1: us with the, I I say sometimes the pain of our existence, which is (laughs) trying to figure out this social Social media media
2: engagement.
1: And I'm sure a lot of our audience feels the same. It's like, you know, you got to be there, you know, you got to do it consistently, but it's just like, oh my gosh, how do I actually make it worth my while? Um, Before we dive into the actual tactical like tips and strategies, could you share with the audience kind of your story, a little bit of how you got started as an entrepreneur and lead us up to today?
0: Totally. Yeah. I'll give you the uh, 3000 v- foot point of view of kind of my story. So I got started my freshman year of college. Um, oddly enough, helping parents keep their kids safe on Snapchat. So I was kind of like the snitch teaching people how to use Snapchat and keep their teenagers safe. And this was in 2015, 2016 when Snapchat. Uh, was kind of as popular as people think like TikTok is today. Like it was all over the news. It was a big deal. And that was how my business started. Mm. But over the next four or five years, it continued to grow and evolved. I continued to grow my business. And so I started teaching people how they could do the same with their business on Snapchat. And then there was a mass exodus from Snapchat when Instagram stories came out and a bunch of people were leaving Snap and transitioning back to IG. And so I went with them. I followed that trend and followed that train back to Instagram and started growing my own Instagram. At that time, I was around 20,000 followers. And over the next two to three years, I grew to somewhere around 60 or 70,000 followers. Fast forward now, we are in... uh Spring of 2021, so about a year and a half ago, um, and it was actually April 1st, and I challenged myself, just a personal challenge, to post a reel a day for 30 days, because I was always preaching consistency, and reels had been around now for about eight months or so, and I was like, listen, they're hot, they're popular, they're what everyone wants, and so what if I just challenged myself to push a little bit outside of my comfort zone and do one a day for 30 days? Mm. At the end of that 30 days, I had gone from 65,000 followers to 100,000 followers. So over a thousand followers a day in those 30 days. And then I was like, well, shoot, I might as well keep going. And I might as well invite other people to do this with me. And so now we're at like 512 days, something like that. I don't know the exact number, but we're over 500 days now. I've missed one day oh and it was because I was camping in the woods um, and I didn't have any cell service or Wi Fi. So I had no way to post that day and I didn't plan ahead of time. So that was my fault. Uh, but besides that, I've posted at least one reel a day for the last year and a half or so. And since April 1st, since that day, I've been growing at a rate of over a thousand followers a day to now um, I'm at 540 something thousand followers and continuing to add a wow. thousand new every single day.
2: That is incredible. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Is it, how do you, I got to ask 500 days, one reel a day. How in the world do you come up with the ideas? How do you consistently pump out the content? Are you sort of time blocking and scheduling days within your week to produce the content? Where are you getting your ideas from?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm definitely time blocking. And I'm glad you said that because that's what I prefer to do. And I really break my time blocking down even into further chunks because a lot of people talk about batch producing. Right. But I think that where people get stuck is they try to let's focus on reels for a second. They try to make their reel from start to finish in one sitting. Mm. And let's think about like those are different head spaces, like the the headspace you have to be in to be creative and coming up with the idea is probably different than that really creative feeling where you're like ready to be on camera and ready to speak and ready to actually record. And that's a very different mindset to be in than like your editing phase, right? And also let's talk about like time of day. If I'm recording a reel, I probably want to do it in the middle of the day where there's a lot of natural lighting and it's going to be a bright video, but editing my video, I can do that at 3am when I'm watching Netflix. Like I don't have to do that in the middle of the day. I don't want to waste that that precious sunlight or daytime hours. So I break my time chunking into these really small, tiny little segments. But then the other thing I want to say is I don't come up with a lot of new ideas. (laughs) In fact, I say this and this blows people away. Two thirds of my content is not new. Mm. It's something that I've already posted in the past that I'm literally just posting again. And I recommend this for people. If people want a really tangible tip to walk away from, I think we're five minutes in right now. This is a great one to have scroll back to your best post from two to three months ago and just post it again.
2: Like literally delete repost the, the same one. thing. Don't wow. refilm it. Don't redo it. Just repost. Don't it. refilm it. Don't redo it.
0: Don't, don't waste any time. Literally. Mm-hmm. If it's already on your camera roll, post it again. Mm-hmm. And if it's not on your camera roll, use one of those websites or apps that allows you to download it from your Instagram or from your TikTok, from your YouTube, whatever, download it, and then just share it again. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go delete the original because no one's going to scroll back and find it. No one even probably remembers that you posted it in the past. Mm-hmm. And if they do, congratulations, that's great for them. They found it educational or valuable then, and they're going to find it valuable again now. So uh, don't waste your time always coming up with new content. Just keep going back to what works.
1: Mm. Now, that's awesome. Um, I find like Gary Vee was saying, I was watching him on a, I don't know if it was like a short little clip or whatever, but he says, once you get like a viral video or some type of content that goes well for you, he says, mm-hmm. squeeze... <laughs> I mean, well, he says squeeze the you know, crap, That's but yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, he, you know, squeeze every juice you can out of it and make every different angle on that piece of content. Is that something that you see as well or, or would you not recommend that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So not only am I reposting content, I'm of the other two-thirds. So I said two-thirds of my content is not new, right? So a third of it is a direct repost. Literally, I posted it before, I'm posting it again. Same the caption other, and
1: everything, just to make sure I'm same understanding. Same caption and everything. Wow, same okay. caption.
0: If the caption fits, sometimes like yeah. there's something that needs to be tweaked or made more relevant, but if it fits, roll with it. Um, and then the other half of that one-third is things that I'm recreating that I've made in the past. So maybe I made it a few months ago and I had a different haircut at the time, or I was living in Seattle, Washington. And so it'd be very obvious for people that my background is where I used to live. Um, or maybe there's like a slight adjustment I want to make to the content. Um, so I'm just recreating that content and I'll do that over and over and over again. Um, and so that way, really two thirds of my work has already been done for me in the past. And so I'm able to have this really high amount of output without having an extremely high amount of input.
2: Well, where are your uh, followers coming from? Are you finding them from like the explore page because you're doing so many reels on Instagram? Are they coming Mm -hmm. from other people sharing your content? Like, can you tell where the majority of that growth is coming from?
0: Yeah, so those are the top two. You hit the nail on the head. Oh, uh, half of it is right, the cool. the organic reach from Reels. Uh, Reels have such a high reach to people who are not following you already. Um, and so that's a huge part of it. And I should say, like I said earlier, I post at least one reel a day, but in reality, I've been averaging two or even more than two reels a day. Really? And so it's really just a numbers game. Every time you post, it's an opportunity to not just serve your existing followers and connect with them, but it's also an opportunity to reach new followers. So if you make one post in a day and you reach 10 new people, but I made three posts in a day and I reached 10 new people with each of those posts, I reached three times the number of people that day. That's three times the number of potential followers, potential customers, potential clients Uh, So it really is a numbers game. And then also, I'm glad that you brought up shares because a lot of people, there was this uh, article written like five or six years ago that said that saves are a super light and that saves are the best form of engagement on Instagram, you know, hitting that little bookmark button and getting it saved. And that's definitely a great indication of how valuable your posts are. And getting your posts saved is definitely important and it definitely matters, but If you want to uh, quote unquote defeat the algorithm or forget all about the algorithm, you want to just grow, regardless of the Instagram algorithm, it's getting your content shared Mm -hmm. because that's the direct recommendation. And you know, like Josh, if you see one of my posts and you send it to Luke, there's no algorithm involved. Luke is now going to see that post. That's guaranteed that my views have just doubled from one to two because you shared it. So if you can encourage your audience to share and create share-worthy content, yeah. you're going to grow and reach new people regardless of whatever Instagram does with their
2: algorithm. We'll talk about that for a little bit, this idea of a call to action in a video, because this is something that we got from you that we're trying to do a lot more of. I don't think we're, we're doing it as well as we couldn't yet, but we're trying to do that a lot more in terms of everything you put out there, you should be telling what the audience or what you want the audience to do with it. And you just did a test, if I'm not mistaken, on yeah. Yeah. shares versus saves on a, was it a reel or was it a, I guess it was a reel, right? Two different reels, same exact content, one share, one save. And talk about the results there because it was super interesting. And then kind of explain this idea of the call to action on each video.
0: Mm -hmm. So it was literally yesterday. I took the exact same video and all I did was leave a blank space at the end where I said, do this. And then I pointed at the text on the screen. And for one of them, it said, like this reel. And the other one, it said, save this reel. So just a very simple, direct, easy action for people to take. I posted them at the exact same time and I did nothing different uh, to impact the posts after that. I didn't engage with them or look at them anymore or share them on my story or anything like that. And it was really interesting to see the results. Um, The one that got more, the one that the call to action was to save, uh, got way more overall engagement. It also got way more overall views. Mm. Um, Interestingly enough, though, the one where I told people to like got more likes. So I think that one, the one I told people to like got about 7,000 likes. Yeah. Whereas the one where I told people to save got about 5,000 saves. Mm. So slightly less people engaged. And when we're looking at percentages of people who saw the post, significantly less people engaged um, in the way that I told them to. But the overall views higher and the overall engagement was also higher. I think part of that was the experiment was kind of tainted by um, quite a few people shared the one where I said, I, was save. Say, I think
2: like three times the people shared it. The three one that times. Say, yeah. Which was yeah. kind which of is...
0: crazy. And I think there's a, a lot of explanations for that. One is people were like, Hey, this is a cool experiment. I'm going to share it. Mm. Um, they were tagging their friends in it. Some people probably read the word save and their brain read share. So they just yeah. shared it. Um, But it got three times the number of shares. And I think that definitely skewed the data, of course, because like we were saying, a share equals more views. Uh, But that all of that was a great example of what you brought up, which is the value and the power of a call to action. Mm -hmm. Right. We're scrolling through social media on autopilot, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, no matter what it is, we're scrolling through on autopilot. And it's become very normal as you're watching a YouTube video to hear the YouTuber say, don't forget to ring that bell. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button right at the beginning of this podcast. Today, we're talking about like, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to, you know, leave a review for the show, right? These are things that are natural in those kinds of longer content, but on Instagram, for whatever reason, and on TikTok, for whatever reason, we don't have this, um, this natural inclination to ask for people uh, to engage. And so very simply, Ask your audience for the kind of engagement that you want from them. If you want them to save or share or like, ask them to do so straight up in the video. Don't bury it down in your caption. Be bold, be upfront and ask for people to do what you want. Interesting. Would you say at the start of your video before the
1: content or after you've delivered the content?
0: I think sometimes it can be kind of weird to put it at the beginning because usually your call to action is going to be tied to the content. Right. Um, And so I like to put it at the end. You definitely can put it at the beginning. Uh, But let's think about something that's like, um, you know, a really educational tip. Let's say you're sharing something that's really valuable, a learning lesson. People are most likely going to save that, right? Because they want to revisit it later. They're going to save it. But if you tell them to save it at the very beginning, they might not do it. Now you could intro it. You could be like, hey, here's three tips to become a better rock climber. And before I even get into the tips, make sure you save. But then they're they're saving because they already know what yeah. they're about to get. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't put it before the hook. I okay. think you should always start with a hook. Then you can put the call to action second um, because then people know what they're already going to get. But I like to usually just put my call to action at the end of the video. Okay.
1: Um, Can I give, go ahead, if you're tagging onto this. I have some rapid fire questions. Yeah, I was gonna tag
2: onto that real quick. So I wanna jump back to the idea of getting it discovered on the Explore page, right? What would you say is the most... um, effective or the biggest factor in getting on that page? Is it the engagement that you're already naturally getting because you've got a following or how does someone with a smaller following start to get that type of exposure? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great question. So there's no one silver bullet. Um, It used to be a lot simpler. It used to be like, oh, if you got a ton of saves, then you would get on the explore page. It's not that simple anymore. There's no straightforward algorithm because Instagram doesn't want us to game and cheat the system. Um, But the nice thing is, is it's not based off of total amount of engagement getting on the explore page is based off of engagement rate or engagement percentage. Okay, So if I have a hundred thousand followers and I get a hundred likes on one of my posts, it definitely ain't getting on the explore page. Mm. But if someone just started a brand new account and they have 10 followers, and they get 100 likes on one of their posts and 100 saves and shares and all those other metrics as well, Um, well, then Instagram is going to deem this as a very good post and one that they should share on the Explore page. Um, But a really key component for landing on the Explore page is sticking to one niche consistently. Because the Explore page recommends content that they think we are most likely to engage with. So you can do a test with this yourself if you intentionally, and we've done this many times, Engage with one kind of content, like you. You're only engaging with videos of turtles for like a week. You're just engaging. <laughs> you're, you're looking up turtle hashtags. You're like, dude, you looked at my Instagram. turtles. You're getting in, you're getting into the turtles. You're all about the shells, and you're you're getting into it. Well, then a few days later, Instagram is going to sh- start showing you turtle content on your Explore page. Here's the key differential, though: the content you're sho- they're showing you, is from accounts. Who consistently post about turtles? Okay. They're not going to show you a great picture of a turtle that someone took on vacation that one time and all the rest of their posts are about their family and their friends and everything else. And then, oh, they took a great picture of a turtle one time. That's not going to get on the explore page. The algorithm wants to recommend not just content, but entire accounts that are related to the niches that we're interested in. Is so that driven that's by the reason that it's so important?
1: Is that driven by hashtags and keywords in your post mainly?
0: Hashtags play a role, keywords play a role. All of these things play a role in Instagram's artificial intelligence, identifying what your content is. But also the artificial intelligence is really flipping smart. It's way smarter than it was five, 10 years ago. So that's why five, 10 years ago, hashtags were so essential. Yeah, Like there were memes, right? Like I think about like the Jimmy Fallon, Justin Timberlake hashtag thing. Like it, there were entire comedy skits about hashtags because they used to be really, really central for growth and exposure. Um, where now the artificial intelligence is smart enough for the most part to figure out what our content is about and what our posts are focused on. So you can add some hashtags, you can add some SEO to kind of beef it up. It's not going to hurt you at all. Um, but really just focusing every single one of your posts on the same topic is going to allow that artificial learning to do its job. I've never thought about it that I exact way. I saw somewhere, way. and I don't that know if is this is awesome. true,
2: but the, the Instagram actually has AI that will look at the photo and it will write a text description of what is in the photo.
0: Yep, that's actually been around for about three or four years now. Okay. Um, that's That was originally created for photos and text posts, and it's called Alt Text. And it was actually created as an accessibility tool. So for people who were visually impaired or blind, they could still use Instagram, and it would just like audibly read them what was in the post That's so they awesome. had to create that feature as a way to you know, like just verbally describe what people would otherwise be looking at um but that is also used by Instagram's artificial intelligence to figure out what the heck is in your post and what it's what
2: it's the photo of. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to niche down in turtles, just make sure it's a clear photo <laughs> of a turtle. Clear photo so you of a turtle. Clearly see the outline.
1: But it makes sense because I think about our content and we're marketing content, um, geared mainly towards real estate insurance, or I think about motivation and we're doing the motivation, but we're kind of a little bit all over the we're board. All over the place, man. And so that's probably hurting us a little bit from that perspective. Here's some rapid fire type questions for you just like getting your opinion so do Mm -hmm. you um advise long captions or short captions
0: i advise short captions like if i can give a simple answer it's short captions but the more exact answer is your caption should be as long as people are going to read Right. Okay. And usually people don't want to read very much. Right. They're scrolling through videos. They're watching quick things yeah. on Reels specifically. If you're looking at like the Reels page, it's really hard to see the caption. Um, so generally speaking, a shorter caption is going to get people to read it. If you can get people to read a long caption and you like writing long captions, yep. knock your socks off. Go for it. That's awesome. Keep, but you don't, don't keep find it your super post.
1: influences reach your algorithm like from what your experience has been
0: again it will if you get people to read it so if you make like a super quick let's say four second reel and you're like hey read the caption for more details yes and there's four paragraphs in your caption and people your viewers are actually taking the time to read it well guess what It's happening during the time they're reading it they're spending more time on your post and your viewers looping over and over again that's flipping awesome. But the problem most people make is they write like a 19 paragraph MLA format essay in their caption every (laughs) single time and it bores people to death so people see that long ass caption and they immediately scroll and that's doing the opposite of what you want because that's telling Instagram people don't want to read this crap. They're just scrolling on by and forgetting all about it.
1: That makes so much sense. And now Layla Hermosi, I don't know if you uh, follow Mm -hmm. Layla and Alex Hermosi right, but I'm all into their stuff now. She's doing this Mm -hmm. really cool hack, which is exactly what you just said, which she's giving you a statement and then going, read the caption for my answer. Mm. And so she's directing people to the caption for her four bullet point answer. And I'm like, oh yeah, I find myself reading on her from the actual picture though, with that little statement. All right, here's my next rapid question for you is how many times a day should you post an answer for both stories and your feed? Just your personal
0: opinion. Yeah. Um. So for the feed, as much as you can sustain The more you post, the more you grow. It has been mathematically proven on Instagram that the more times you post per day, the greater your growth rate is on average. And the graph continues to go up and to the right. It's a straight line. The more you post, the more you grow. But I like to caveat that or put the asterisk that it's what you can sustain, right? Because consistency trumps frequency. Mm. So if you are posting eight times on one day and eight times on the next day, and then you're overwhelmed and you're burnt out and you don't post for a month, that's not going to lead to growth. I'd much rather have you post five days a week than five times on one day and then miss the rest of the week, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, makes so, perfect um, sense. What you can sustain is really key because also if you get burnt out and you stop posting, you're definitely not going to grow. So that's feed posts. And feed posts are what lead to growth. Stories do not lead to growth. In 99% of the cases, stories do not lead to growth. There's a few rare exceptions and a few accounts that do grow because of stories. Hmm. But generally speaking, that's not what stories are for. Stories are for documentation rather than creation. I think Gary Vee was the first person to say that documentation rather than creation. And so they're supposed to be in the moment, they're supposed to be real, they're supposed to be authentic, and they're really, truly supposed to allow people to get a window into your life. So they can build a relationship with you and really get to trust you and believe in you. And studies have shown that the number one thing besides price that people care about when they're purchasing is trust, right? Like Hmm. price is always going to be the number one thing people care about when they make a purchase. But number two is trust. And so how do you build that trust on Instagram that leads to a sale? It's through your Instagram stories. It's showing them all these different aspects of your personality and what makes you unique and all these different interests and the turtles that you love and all of that (laughs) That shows up on your Instagram stories. And if you want me to put a number on it, um, I can tell you that 11 is the number of stories per day um, that puts you in like the top 10%, I believe it is of Instagram profile. So if you're posting 11 or more, You're in that upper echelon, that top percentage. Um, But don't force it. I think with Instagram stories, it should be natural. It should be organic. um, And it should be very documentary. You
2: know what accounts I see grow uh, through stories are the Mm -hmm. ones that just post TikTok videos. Really? It's basically just TikTok with Instagram. Essentially,
0: (laughs) essentially it feels like they've turned their Instagram stories into the TikTok feed. Just the best of TikTok. TikTok Which is is way more engaging than the Instagram feed. That's a fact. Um, So I think when people do that, yeah, they're kind of cheating the system and turning their Instagram stories into a TikTok feed.
1: Relationships are the key
2: to success.
1: Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently
2: and meaningfully. American Lifestyle Magazine is a high quality, 48 page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It
1: helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle magazine at remindermedia.com slash staypaidsample. That's remindermedia.com slash
2: staypaidsample.
1: So here is a question that's more specific to us, but I think has application to the audience as well. Uh, Instagram released the collaboration feature. Mm-hmm. So I have my own Instagram with you know my brand, and we have Stay Paid Podcast. So almost every post we're collaborating. Wise mm-hmm. decision, bad decision. What's your gut tell you on collaboration? I don't know if I
0: would recommend doing it for every post. I would do it often, um, but I wouldn't do it for every post. And what we found is that. When collaborations first launched, it had um, an additive effect. So if I got 10, let me make simple numbers. I got 10 views on average. My friend got eight views on average. It would be 18 views on our reel. But what's been going on more recently, what we found is that it more so averages out the number of views. And so myself personally, when I'm collaborating with other people, it's usually reducing my reach or reducing my views that I'm getting on the video because I'm collaborating with people who maybe have slightly less followers or views on average than me. Um, So I wouldn't recommend doing it for every post because essentially then what you're doing is averaging out your two accounts for every single piece of content. Um, But one kind of insider tip, and I don't think I've shared this anywhere else yet um, is to, first of all, have whichever person gets more views on average, have that person share the post first and invite the collaborator, but make sure the person who's invited, they don't accept it right away. Mm -hmm. let the post almost run its course. Let it be up for five, six, seven hours. Let it be up until the point in time that you start to see it really slow down to the point where the engagement is just kind of trickling in and then have the other person accept the collaboration because that's essentially giving it a second life. It's pushing it back into people's feeds. It's pushing it back into their, uh, the algorithm and giving them another opportunity to engage. And from that, We've actually seen, uh, I think of my three most recent collaborations, two of the three have gone viral. And the one that didn't go viral was the one where we accepted the collab at the exact same time. And I forgot about the strategy. I forgot to let the collaborator know about this, but the other two have actually gone viral, like millions of views, which is way more than both of us get.
1: Nice. Okay. Two more uh, questions. One is the pin feature on Instagram. Um, Any advice on, should I change that all the time? Should I, you know, like, have you seen anything significant there? They, I've heard that it gives a second life to a post, right? Like when you pin something, it automatically puts mm-hmm. it back into rotation. But I don't know if that's true or not.
0: Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily put it back into rotation, but it does put it as one of the top three posts on your feed, which can give it a breath of, of fresh air. Like if people are coming to your profile and they're tapping on one of those posts, thinking a lot of times that it's one of your recent posts, or even if they don't think it's a recent post, it's just right there in their face, right? right. At the very top. So it's kind of giving more views to that post. Um, I think that there's three kinds of posts that you can slash should use as a pin post one is your best post like whatever the most viral is um as long as it relates to your niche of course like if it got millions of views or if it just got more views than you normally get that's a good one to make as a pinned post because it puts a good uh first impression out there mm-hmm. another good pinned post is like an introductory post i feel like everyone at some point does some sort of this is me this is what i'm about this is what we do this is who we hurt help and who we serve um, so I think having like an about me thats a, great a start idea. here, yeah. some people, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was saying that's a great idea. Yeah. I don't have that. That's, that's a
0: great idea. A lot of people uh, have created ones that are, they, 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 say start here. And that's a good one to make as your first pin post. Cause it okay. really stands out and people tap on that. People used to make highlights that says start here, but people don't watch that many highlights. They mainly look at feed posts. So yep. that's a great way. And then the third, um, the third kind of tip that I would give for your pin posts is I would recommend regularly, let's say every two to three weeks updating them because if someone comes to your profile and they're not as tech savvy or as Instagram aware as the three of us are, they come to your profile and they see that your first post on your profile is from April and they don't realize it's a pinned post. They're like, Oh man, he hasn't been active Mm. since April. He hasn't made a post in five months. I'm not going to follow him. This probably isn't even an active profile. They don't realize it's a pinned post and that will change likely within the next few months as people start to recognize what the heck a pinned post is. That won't be a concern anymore. But right now, at least, uh, that's a very valid thing to worry about for when new people come to your profile. Love
1: that. All right. So last of my, I mean, they were kind of rapid fire, but I selfishly, (laughs) I, I wanted to know all the answers to these. My biggest pain point, and I think for a lot of people is in content creation, is the hook. Like, and when I mean the hook, I mean like that first two seconds of the video. And like, I would love to just get your quick opinion on like, do you focus on beautiful imagery and quality? Do you focus on text? Do you focus, like, how do you think about the hook and drawing
0: mm-hmm. people in? Mm-hmm. So if it's a trending audio, if I'm recreating something that someone else has made, I don't worry about the hook because okay. I'm just doing whatever that audio is. I don't try to, you know, finagle a hook into that type of video. Um, But if it's my own original content, I have a few different ways of starting the video. I think the simplest and easiest way is just telling them what you're going to tell them. Um, And I learned this one from Sean Cannell on YouTube, where it's essentially start the video by telling them what the video is going to be about. It sounds really simple, but it grabs people's attention. Um, Another thing that I like to think about with the hook, and I try to balance this out, so I'm not doing it too often, but focusing on, and this sounds bad, but this comes from media and TV and newspaper, focusing on the negative thing. Mm. So stop doing this, avoid this, don't do this, stay away from this, no more this. Uh, Because for whatever reason, people are more drawn to those headlines. But I definitely try to balance that out because I don't want my entire page to just be what not to do on Instagram, (laughs) even if it starts with, hey, don't do this. And then I tell them what to do. I don't want to always be leading with the negative, but sometimes those Things, the, the avoid labels, the warning labels, those can really grab people's attention. Um, and then I do try to specifically use color size psychology in my hooks. Um, and so the color psychology is basically certain colors grab our attention. When you're at the uh, grocery store later, take a look at all the magazines that are right there. The ones that your eyes go to right away are the ones with yellow words. The ones that are getting purchased the most are the ones with yellow and red font on the cover. Like if you look at them, you'll actually see that a lot of them use yellow font because it grabs our attention. This doesn't mean that every single one of your hooks needs to be yellow or red, but certain colors grab our attention more. While if I was to use like a soft brown or even just like a plain black or white text color for those first couple words of my video it is going to statistically speaking get less views and get less people to start watching the video just because when we see a certain color our brains are like oh i need to pay attention i need to listen up to this even if the the video isn't something that necessarily would interest us otherwise
2: yeah that's gold man do you find people eventually get um like oh i guess they want it because they're seeing cuz you're saying so much of your content's being discovered versus scrolling through your feed so it's going to stop them in the in the feed no matter what Mm-hmm. that color here, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And also they're seeing so many other posts, right? Yeah. That like, unless 100% of people were all using red, they're getting variety. And so that little differentiation from account to account and post to post is, is yeah. enough to keep it fresh. Yeah,
2: social media can't undo thousands Millions of years of evolution. (laughs) Uh, Brock, uh, I'd love to hear kind of your take um, in terms of like, what's next? Whether that's an Instagram, what's like the next thing? What are you sort of predicting you seeing the platforms go or social media in general? I know you're big on TikTok as well. What are you Mm -hmm. sort of seeing right now that people should be taking more advantage of or where where do you see it going?
0: Yeah, so this is huge. Um, I think one of the biggest things is something that we've already been seeing. We've been talking about it for months. Literally this morning, uh, Instagram CEO said it, he said it before he said it again, uh, which is that their focus at Instagram is on original content, mm-hmm. things that people are creating um, that are more unique and more true to every individual creator or business owner. That's also true on TikTok. Um, that's not to say that you should not do trends or that you should avoid you know, recreating things that other people have made or putting your own spin on whatever's popular. Uh, but really what's going to win in the long term is original content. And even original content that starts to become a little bit longer, right? We see that on TikTok, videos could be three minutes, and then now I think they're even testing five or ten minute videos, which is crazy on TikTok. I mean, sometimes I'll catch myself; I'm like seven minutes yeah. into a video. <laughs> TikTok's becoming TikTok, YouTube,
2: like, and YouTube's trying to be TikTok. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: All of these these platforms are fighting for our attention, and they're yeah. they're copying each other. Um, but it's really that original content which is is key. Um, I think one really important factor that I think a lot of people are failing to recognize because I think a lot of people, um, are very anti Instagram right now. They're very, mm-hmm. Oh, TikTok's the platform of the future. There's going to be YouTube and TikTok that will prevail. And Instagram going to die in the same way that, uh, Facebook has really been struggling over the last few years, at least in terms of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one key thing that Instagram does better than every other platform is direct messages. TikTok is currently pouring a lot of resources into the D, into the DMs and the reason that matters is that sales come from the DMs mm. right earlier we talked about trust we talked about trust is so important for for a potential customer trust is built best in the DMs like if you're able to have a conversation yep. with someone the way we are right now whether it's face to face over Zoom or whether it's through a, a text conversation in the DMs that's really freaking powerful. That really builds people's trust. And that leads to sales. And this isn't just me speaking based off what we've seen. There's a study that just came out from Carrot Financial that said that the average um, value of an Instagram follower is 77 cents. 77 cents. Hold that number in your, mind. in your mind. The average value of a YouTube subscriber is 10 cents. Wow. The average value of a TikTok follower is $0.07. So the average value of an Instagram follower is 11 times higher than the average value of a TikTok follower. And that number was calculated by looking at people's actual revenue that their business has generated and comparing that to the number of followers that they have. And so that tells me that Instagram is the best platform right now, at least in terms of sales and customer acquisition, um, arguably on all of social media. That's incredible. Yeah, that is A couple other
2: questions for you. A couple last questions for you that aren't social media related, but would love to just kind of pick your brain. Because we always like asking Mm -hmm. successful people kind of uh, how they sort of view the world and everything. But uh, in terms of like, do you have any favorite quotes or sayings uh, that you kind of continue to come back to in your life or your business and why?
0: Totally. Yeah, uh so I have this one. I had to pull it up cuz it's it's a few sentences long. Um and it's from a book that I haven't read, but I I know the quote. So it's a good quote. Um and I really struggled with perfectionist for many many years. I was a college football player. I was a quarterback and I come from a long family of uh professional professional quarterbacks, professional football players. Um so wow. struggled with a lot of pressure and perfectionism growing up. Uh but so this quote relates and I think it would be really helpful for a lot of people on social media where they feel like they have to be perfect or even just in business and in life, or they feel like they have to meet this impossible, uh, goal. So the quote is from Anne Lamont and the quote says, I think perfectionism is based on the obsessive belief that if you run carefully enough, hitting each stepping stone, just right, you won't have to die. But the truth is you'll die anyways. And a lot of people who aren't looking at their feet are going to do a whole lot better than you and have a whole lot more fun while doing it. Mm. And so, That quote has really, really impacted me in my life. I also got to say, going to therapy and finding a great therapist (laughs) has really impacted me in my life. Um, So I am no way a completely non-perfectionistic person. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Uh, Dude, I was just going to say, as a recovering (laughs) perfectionist myself,
2: I I got chills with that quote.
0: (laughs) You're never going to reach the finish line, right? But it's a process that we're continuing to... um, Work on in ourselves. And so that quote, that really is something I try to remind myself of all the time. Yeah. That's
2: it's kind awesome. of related. Any principles or mantra that you tend to live by?
0: Yeah. So um, speaking of uh, my college football career, I had a really great offensive coordinator when I was in college. Um, and of course, like I said, raised in a football family, everything was win, 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 all about the results, all about like the score, the number of touchdowns you threw, the records you set, the championships you won, and all this stuff. Um, but this offensive coordinator I had in college who was a wildly successful offensive coordinator, let me say that, um, he preached kind of the opposite, detaching from the result, focusing on the process, and most specifically the two words, find joy. And he Mm -hmm. differentiated joy and happiness as happiness is kind of this thing that we're always chasing, right? It's like an end result. Um, It's like picking up a bunch of sand in your hand, like you have it, and the second you have it, you're already losing it. Like it's already slipping through your fingers. It's nothing that you can actually hold on to. And so many people are chasing uh, this end destination of happiness. Oh, when I reach a thousand followers, when I make a million dollars in sales, when I have this, when I do this, when I retire, when I get married, whatever it may be, when I graduate college, um, where instead he preached just two words, find joy. And I have it tatted on my ribs right now. It's the most painful tattoo I've ever gotten in my life. That's besides (laughs) the point, but find joy. And really what that means is it's just. Focus on the process and to recognize that in every single day, you can find joy. Mm. That's not going to say that everything you do is going to be joyous and joyful, but you can find joy in every single day. You can find joy in a loss. You can find joy in a win. You can find joy on your worst days. You can find joy on your best days. Um, And when you do that, you're going to live a a much more fulfilled life and a life with a lot more contentment and a lot less striving. Mm. Love that. Thank you so much,
2: Brock, for coming by. Uh, Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you.
0: Yeah, uh, so my MySpace is myspace.com forward <laughs> slash the no. future. <laughs> uh, the, the best place to get connected with me is, of course, on Instagram, and I'm Brock11Johnson. That one one is right in the middle of my name, Brock11Johnson, over on Instagram. I'm the same on uh, TikTok and every other platform as well, so whichever platform people prefer, hit me up there.
2: That 11 makes sense now that I found out you're a quarterback. Yeah, that was your number? Yeah, it's, all full, it's all full circle That's now. That's your number, wow. Brock11Johnson. All right, thank you for being here, and thank you all so much for listening. You can dive deeper into this episode, get those links to brock mentioned over at staypaidpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, the best way is to head on over to Apple Podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a comment. And actually, I messed it up. That's the second best way. The actual best way, Ariel, is to share this episode (laughs) with a friend. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua
1: Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre Cree Brockman. Incredible. I mean, just so many tangible tips that I'm taking back even for myself. So really greatly appreciate all that you gave there on the episode. Here's my action item for everybody listening to this because we want to take this and boil it down to something you put into action to move your business forward, to move your life forward. I love the tip of filming that who you are video, that start here video that you can pin up to the top of your Instagram. What a great takeaway that you can execute on literally this evening or tomorrow in your business and pin it. And then if you wanna go the extra mile, do some videos that talk about the stop doing this. Cause you're in real estate, you're in insurance, you're in finance, there's so many things that you know, oh, buyers shouldn't do this, or oh, be careful of this insurance policy. That is such a great way to start the hook of your next reel. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today.